kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity Heavenly Father um, these are your servants from literally different parts of the world and Lord we have come before you this evening uh, to be instructed by your spirit on, on um, what is important and what is dear to your heart and we are just asking in the name of Jesus Lord that you will meet us here, you will reveal yourself to us and uh, your word will be like light shining in the dark place um, that will provide guidance and direction um, uh, as we uh, seek to serve your will in our generation in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We honor all the servants of God who are here this evening. And Lord, we ask that this will bring a, um, a shift from addition to multiplication in everyone's life. Uh, People will go from sequential ministry to a simultaneous global impact. And uh, there will be growth and increase as you continue to walk in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, amen. All right. Uh, just like has been... Just like has been advertised, our focus this um, excuse me, our focus this particular at uh, this particular living truth is um, uh, taking territories, taking territories, uh, what we call the Joshua strategies, and um, I have also decided that I will be posting the notes. I will be posting the notes um, uh, for this study at the end so um if you don't already receive um our messages and materials please uh type in your email into the chat so that um our it administrator and our team lead for global advance will be able to include you so that when this recording is sent out you will also be able to receive that and the recording will be sent out along with the, um, uh, along with the, um, what's it called? Along with the study notes. No. Uh, along with the study notes. Uh, excuse me, Nana. Please take care of some noise from this side. Let's have some quiet. Thank you very much. Um, so I will be posting the study notes and that will also be sent along with the um, uh, recording so that we can actually study these matters and grow in them. I perceive in my spirit that what we're encountering this evening is more than a sermon. It's the wisdom of God um, available to multiply the impact of our lives and ministries. Uh, so I want to encourage you uh, please type in your email. I see many others are already doing that. Thank you. Type in your email in the chat. Make sure that the email is correct. And then after now, you will be receiving all of these materials. And then you might as well also, uh, if you join 
some of our WhatsApp groups, Brofemi, uh, please post those links. Uh, these materials will also be posted on the WhatsApp group so that you can also receive them uh, beyond now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Now, let's now begin our study this evening. And I want to keep it simple as the Lord helps me. I want to um, just keep it simple. Afemo, there's a hand that is raised. Mom, thank you. I see your hand is raised up there. Um, I'm sure we'll be taking some comments later, but um, we'll make some progress at this point. Praise God. We will now get into this study, and the first thing I want to say is that this study is actually about God's wisdom made available to us to be able to fulfill the will of God in and through our lives. It's, it's very important to understand that. And we are looking at taking territories, taking territories for God, the Joshua strategies. How do you go from addition to multiplication? Both in life and in ministry. How do you go from sequential to simultaneous? What do we mean by sequential? Sequential is, you know, one after another. But simultaneous is when you are um, accomplishing much at the same time. Um, when you are approaching life, not just in a sequential manner, but in an exponential manner. And we believe that this has to do with the strategies that God gives to us, both as individuals and as servants of God, ministers who are called to do his will in our time. And by way of introduction, let me say that um, there are several factors that um, mandate a review of our life paradigms and our ministry paradigms and approaches. There are reasons for us to um, review the way we do things and comprehensively look at what are we going to do differently if we as leaders are going to accomplish the will of God, if we as leaders of families, leaders of ministries, uh, leaders of, um, you know, corporations and businesses, if we are going to um, uh, have multiplication instead of addition. And a changing world compels this shift. You see, you see what I'm saying here is that because the world is changing, things are not the same. Because time is short, it compels that we take a second look at how we do the things that we do, how we do ministry, how we do church, eh? how we engage the global harvest. The reason is because if we don't do this, we will not be able to maximize the purpose of God for our lives. We will not be able to accomplish all that God has ordained for us to accomplish. And to be able to engage our study, we are taking Joshua as our case study. So we are going to be looking very deliberately at the life of Joshua to see, you know, what wisdom we can glean, what we can learn by looking at this man's life and the wisdom that God gave to him. So let's begin by reading uh, a couple of scriptures about Joshua. Uh, first of all, in Joshua chapter 27, 
not Joshua 27, Numbers, please. Numbers chapter 27, uh, where we encounter uh, Joshua being prepared for leadership uh, by Moses, the servant of the Lord. So Numbers chapter 27, verses 12 um, to 23. This is very important. I want to read this passage in its entirety. Probably we'll just read that and then refer to the others as we make progress. So um, it says, Now the Lord said to Moses, Numbers 27 from verse 12, The Lord said to Moses, Go up into this Mount Abarim and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you also you will be gathered to your brothers or rather to your people, just like Aaron, your brother. And then God explained you know, all the reasons. And then verse 16 uh, Numbers 27, 16. So Moses says to the Lord, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. So please notice in this uh, particular uh, opening scripture here that the Lord says to Moses, Moses, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to die. And God gave him the reason. You're not entering into the promised land. And Moses, a very perceptive leader, Moses was more concerned about the purpose of God and the people of God than his own situation. So Moses says to God, okay, Lord, I know that I am not crossing over with everybody else, but please set a man over your people. Provide a leader that can continue to lead your purpose. You see, leaders are concerned about something more than themselves. When you have a leader who is, you know, self-focused and he is more concerned about himself, what he's going to get for himself, and um, what he can keep for himself than he is about the people of God and about the purpose of God, you have a leader who cannot fulfill divine purpose. So Moses says to God, provide a leader so that your people will not be like sheep without shepherd. You remember that the Lord Jesus Christ said something like that about the harvest, the global harvest in Matthew chapter 9. When the Lord said, when the Bible says Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion towards them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed, they were helpless, they were depressed, they were dejected like sheep without shepherd. So leaderlessness exposes the people of God and makes them to be like sheep without shepherd. When you don't have effective leadership in a family, when you don't have effective leadership in a church or in a business, the people become like sheep without shepherd. The things that happen to sheep without shepherd becomes their inheritance, uh, de facto uh, inheritance by virtue of the kind of leader that they have and, um, you know, their situation um, with poor leadership. So let's continue to focus on God's people, on God's purpose, not on ourselves 
and our own selfish interests. And the Bible now says in verse 18 that the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay your hand on him, and then set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation, and inaugurate him, commission him in their sight. And you shall give him some of your authority so that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And then Joshua will be able to stand before Eliezer the priest who shall inquire before the Lord for him. And then at his word they shall go out, at his word they shall come in, he and all the children of Israel with him and all the congregation. Verse 22, so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands on him and commissioned him, inaugurated him, just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Now, I read this scripture so that we can establish several things about Joshua and his leadership. Joshua was a legitimate leader. He was an able successor to Moses. And you notice that Moses did not make any assumptions about leadership. Moses could have said, okay, well, I have Joshua here. Joshua must be the guy. But Josh Moses went to God to hear from the Lord. Leaders cannot afford to make presumptive assumptions about any matter. As a leader, you must continue to seek God, to listen to God. We look, we see that as a regular in the life of Moses. The Bible says Moses will ask the Lord um, uh, about any matter. Somebody was caught um, gathering sticks on the Sabbath. Moses brought his case before the Lord. The daughters of Zelophehad came with their case. Moses brought their case before the Lord. So it must be our habit as leaders to present matters before the Lord and receive his wisdom. So Joshua was now appointed as leader and is a legitimate leader. Our leadership must be legitimate. Joshua had been a faithful follower before this time. He was a man of stable character. He was chosen by God, not by man. Huh? He was properly commissioned. He was empowered for his assignment. And Joshua was also successful. That's the summary of Joshua's life. Joshua fulfilled his ministry. Um, uh, you know, some people, have, some people have accused Joshua of, you know, not having a successor. But that, that statement is not accurate. If you read in the book of Joshua 24 verse 31, Joshua 24 and 31, as well as Judges chapter 2 verse 7, you will see that Joshua left leadership, but it was a different kind of leaders that Joshua left. Joshua left a team of leaders. Joshua left plural leadership. He did not leave, you know, the kind of, um, uh, you know, colossal leader, singular leader that Moses was or himself was, it was more like a team, a team of elders that the Bible says that Joshua left. And actually, that team of elders was more appropriate to the new situation that Israel had found themselves. 
you needed somebody like Moses to bring Israel out of Egypt. You needed somebody like Joshua to lead them to cross the river Jordan and begin the conquest of the promised land. But once the people settled in the promised land, you did not need another Joshua. You needed a team. So you see, as leaders, this is a special leadership edition of um, Living Truth. As leaders, it's not all the time that you have this one colossal, one big leader. And I must say to you that a core mandate of the Joshua strategies is that we must go from this singular, you know, a, a massive leader to team leadership in the body of Christ. In fact, many organizations in the corporate world are now talking about something they call leaderless organizations. Organizations where the visible, you know, big leader is not the case. You are dealing with a place where instead of having a hierarchical structure, you have a structure that is flat, where power and authority is delegated to the people to function and to fulfill the vision, both of the business, of the ministry, or of any aspect. So Joshua succeeded in his leadership by living plural leadership. The next factor I want us to see is in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. There is something that God said to uh, Joshua that must be understood properly if we are to maximize the Joshua strategies for um, exponential ministry. And that is in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. Uh, when you have some time, please read that Joshua chapter 1 because it's actually part of our text, but I'm trying to save some time. Thank you very much, uh, Brother Fola, for helping to post the scripture there. Joshua 1.5, God said to Joshua, No man shall be able to stand with you, or rather stand before you, all the days of your life. And then God said to him, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. He said, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, but I want you to pay attention, servants of God, because this is very significant. If we don't understand what God is saying, we are going to make assumptions that will affect our impact. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. But brothers and sisters, servants of God, please watch this. Notice that there was no burning bush for Joshua. There was no burning bush. Notice that there was no rod. All of these were symbols of God's presence with Moses, but you don't find them with Joshua. You don't find a burning bush. You don't find a rod. You don't find pillar of cloud or pillar of fire. You will notice that there was no pillar of fire with Joshua. In fact, as soon as they cross over from the east side of Jordan to the west side of Jordan, the Bible says the manna ceased. There was no manna falling from heaven. There was no pillar of cloud. There was no pillar of fire. We never read that Joshua spent 40 days on a wilderness or 40 days on a mountain. But God said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So how do you explain that? Because all 
the symbols, all the manifestations of the presence with Moses, we are not present with Joshua. But God said, I will be with you. It, 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 this is a critical factor because if as leaders we don't understand this, we will use Listen, servants of God. If we don't understand this principle, key principle of the Joshua strategies, we will use the manifestations of God's presence in history to judge what God is doing in the present. You will assume that if there is no pillar of cloud, if there is no pillar of fire, if there is no burning bush, and if Joshua does not have a rod, if there is no manna falling down from heaven, you will assume that God is not present. But God was there. I don't know if you are following. And God said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So in my natural thinking, I will expect the same manifestations, the same things that happened in the life and ministry of Moses. I will expect them to be replicated in the life and ministry of Joshua. But that's not what happened. If we are not careful as leaders, we are going to transpose God's dealings with us and impose them on a new generation. No, 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 servant of God. It does not have to happen with the new generation in the same way that it happened with you. God must not do what he did with you and to you. God must not call others the way he called you. The thing is not only until it resembles you that it is genuine. You see, the, the Moses and the Joshua generation, rather the Moses generation must be careful not to use their experience, not to use their own history to judge what God is doing in the present. So God says, remember not the former things. He says, I will do a new thing. So what do we find with Joshua? So instead of the pillar of cloud, instead of the, um, um, the burning bush, what do we find? We find the captain of the Lord of the hosts. By the time you get to, um, uh, you know, further in the book of Joshua, as Joshua was standing before Jericho, the Bible says, he saw somebody with a sword in his hand. That person did not appear with Moses. He saw this person with a sword in his hand. And Joshua was very courageous. He walked up to him and he said, are you for us or you of our enemies? And he said, none of the above. Nay, as captain of the hosts of the Lord, I have arrived. So notice, instead of the things that we see with Moses, you now have a new manifestation of the same presence. I want you to listen. Servant of God, you may not see some of the things that happen with Moses, but don't minimize the presence of God with you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Don't minimize God's presence. Thank you very much. Don't minimize God's presence uh, because what happened with Moses has not happened with your life. All of us want to see God do what he did with Moses. But if we are going to experience exponential ministry, we will have to expect something different. We will have to believe even when we don't see. When we don't see a burning bush, when we don't see a, 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 a pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, 
Huh? And don't forget that the New Testament does not run on those physicals. The New Testament runs on faith. He said, the just shall live by faith. When God says, I am with you, God is present. Whether I see a cloud, I don't see a pillar of fire. God is there. Tie. Whether there is a rod. You see, that's the problem with the modern church. I see many big leaders, they want to have a rod. And they are planning to hand over their rod or their staff of office or some other you know, instrument to somebody who is going to succeed them. Some of those things, to me, I don't find them. When Samson finished dealing with the Philistines with the jawbone of the donkey, you remember, Bible says Samson grabbed the jawbone of a donkey and he used it and killed a thousand Philistines. What did Samson do? He threw away the jawbone. He threw it away. He did not go to start a ministry called Jawbone Ministries International. And then keep that jawbone so that any time that, uh, that the Philistines come near, Samson will say, where is my jawbone? Where is my jawbone? No, Samson did not do that. Because God is not tied to a jawbone. God is not bound to any particular manifestation that says that until it happens like this, then God is not there. Huh? So let's believe God. Let's believe God. Oh, oi, oi, let's believe God. I want to encourage you. Believe God. Believe the presence. Even when you can't see, when you can't feel, believe the presence. Now, even in our dispensation, the captain of the hosts is not just standing outside. He has now entered inside. Yote, hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now he lives inside. You are carrying the presence. It was the same presence that manifested to Moses in the Old Testament. But now, there is another dimension. This is very important for the Joshua strategies. And then I also want to invite you to note that now suddenly, Joshua doesn't have plenty of the things that Moses had, but he has the word. What does God say to Joshua? He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. So that you will be careful to observe, to do according to all that is written therein. He said, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you're going to have good success. So Joshua has the word. He doesn't have the pillar of cloud. He doesn't have the pillar of fire. He doesn't have a rod. He does not have the burning bush. But Joshua has the word. God has given him the word. This Joshua generation will have to stand on the word. They will have to stand on the word, the living word, the written word. They will have to stand on the indwelling presence and the power of the Holy Spirit resting on them, even when they can't seem to see anything. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, the next thing that we find is that Joshua was a strategist. Joshua was a divine strategist. Joshua received divine strategies for all the battles that he fought. If you remember, when Joshua was going to face, um, uh, even to cross the River Jordan, do you know that crossing the River Jordan was different from crossing the Red Sea? Joshua didn't say, where is that rod? Uh -huh, uh -huh. How did Moses even divide the Red Sea self? Where is my rod? Oh yeah, Red Sea. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. This is a big mistake. And Please listen, servants of God. When we impose methods on God, we miss the moves of God. 
I said, when we impose historical methods on God, we miss the moves of God. When we insist that God must move with Joshua in the same way that he moved with Moses, we will miss what God is saying, what God is doing. Because you are expecting something when God is doing something else. So you cannot cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You can cooperate with the Spirit. Crossing the river Jordan was different. Now it was the ark. God gave Joshua detailed instruction. Half the men carrying the ark, sanctified priest. He said, first of all, sanctify up the people. He said, God is going to do wonders tomorrow. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for a firm connection. Glory to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you can hear me now. Sorry, it seems I, I... Yeah, I said I'm sure you can hear me now. It seems like uh, the audio was lost for a, a brief moment. Hallelujah. So, like I was saying, God was going to cross the river Jordan with these people, but it, it, it was not the way they crossed the... It was not the way they crossed the, the Red Sea. Huh? Thank you very much for typing that. When we, when we impose our methods, our historical methods on God, we are going to miss God. And this is important for this new generation that is going to take territories. That we take territories. Listen, you will take territories for God. I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. You will take territories for God. In the name of Jesus, you will take territories for God. You will take territories for God. Write that down. You are going to take territories. In the name of Jesus, God is going to use you to invade new territories and collect it for the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. But you must not impose Moses' experience on a Joshua generation. You don't do that. Joshua received divine strategies. Look at Jericho. Look at how the wall of Jericho came crashing down. Do you notice that that was very different? I said that was very different. The way the wall of Jericho came, fell down, Moses did, not, Moses did not experience anything like that. God gave Joshua the strategy. He said, you know, you are to march around Jericho, you know, once every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, you are to march around seven times. And on the seventh time, you are to start blowing the trumpet. You are to start shouting. And bam, the wall of Jericho is going to... Can it, these are precise divine strategies. The Joshua strategies demand that we pay close attention to God. We cannot assume and continue what we used to do. If we continue what we used to do, we cannot take new territories. There are harvest fields that we must engage differently. If we are going to fulfill the purpose of God, if we are going to, you know, invade the darkness, we will have to listen for the specific divine strategy for our assignment. Look at when Joshua faced the city of Ai, the strategy was different. It was an ambush. God said to Joshua, you know, after the first presumption of, uh, you know, assuming that there are few and that they will walk in victory, as if it was a game of numbers, God said to Joshua, you don't, don't approach them frontally. Set up an ambush. 
set up an ambush, huh? surround the city, place some people at the back. The people are going to come out pursuing you. They start running, run away from them, draw them out of the city. The ambush will come out, set the city on fire. And then those of you, when you see the smoke, oh, talk, hallelujah. Kai, I want you to listen. You are going to receive from God. You will hear the voice of God telling you what to do to grow that church. Telling you what to do to invade that mission field. Telling you what to do to multiply that business. You are going to hear the voice of God telling you what to do to bring new life to that ministry. You are not going to depend on history. You are not going to depend on what Moses did or what Moses said. You are going to hear the voice of God giving you wisdom to manage that business, to move it to another level of exponential profit for kingdom advancement. Toy, you will hear the voice of God telling you what to do to take that business and make it global instead of local. You are going to hear the voice of God. God was speaking specific strategies to Joshua. If we are going to take territories for God, we must be men and women of divine strategies. Not people that are doing something because everybody is doing it. You are doing church the way everybody is doing it. You are doing, you know, for you, ministry means that if, they, if you are called to ministry, you go to Bible school, spend three or four years in the place, get a certificate, then you get ordained, then you, you, you suddenly start uh, becoming a minister, they call you pastor, and now you are, you are preaching, and blah, 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 blah. Whose definition of ministry is that? Who's the, who, told, who taught you that that is what ministry is about? Look at the life of Jesus. Look at the apostles. Look at Peter and Co. These were fishermen that God did something in their lives and released them into the harvest. I am not minimizing training. We do trainings and we encourage you to benefit from them. But the point is, don't try to put God in a jacket if you are going to take territories. You, you must listen for the current voice of the Spirit of God leading you and ordering your steps. So we see this with Joshua repeatedly. When Joshua came against Gibeon, the strategies were different. So Joshua was a man of strategy and a man of a veteran of many battles. Amalek, Jericho, Ai, Gibeon, and all of these battles. But please pay attention now because we are getting close to a major component of this meeting tonight. These battles were sequential battles. I said they were sequential battles. These battles we are sequential. Sequential simply means one after another. Huh? It, it, like a series. Huh? You know, you finish with uh, um, uh, um, uh, Jericho, then you move to the city of Ai, then from Ai, you go somewhere else, Joshua leading the battle, Joshua leading the fight, Joshua leading the charge. That was how the thing was. And Joshua conquered giants, conquered territories, but a point even came when they, there was now a celebration of all the territories that were conquered. Let's read some of that in Joshua chapter 11. By the time you go to Joshua chapter 11, there seems to be some kind of celebration of, you know, territories that had now been conquered by the children of Israel. So in Joshua 11, look at verse 16. So it says, Thus Joshua took all this land, the mountain country, all the south, all the land of Goshen, the lowland, the Jordan plain, the mountains of Israel, and the lowlands, 
Look at verse 17. From Mount Halak and the ascent of Seir, even as far as Balgad, in the valley of Lebanon, below Mount Hermon, he captured all their kings and struck them down and killed them. And verse 18. Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. By the time you come to verse 23, now look what he says. He says, so Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had said to Moses, and Joshua gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their divisions by their tribes. Then the land rested from war. I want you to note these passages. Now, when you read this scripture, you see Joshua took the whole land, all the land, all their kings. What I now want to bring to us if we are going to take territories is that our assessment of the whole is different from God's assessment of the whole. When we say the whole, what you are calling the whole may actually be a fraction of what God wants to use you to accomplish. And we are going to see this in Joshua's situation. Our assessment of the whole is often far short of God's assessment. And I'm going to come to this point. So do you know they now began a celebration in chapter 12? Huh? We are now told of all the 31 kings that Joshua conquered. Look at chapter 12 of Joshua and from verse 7. It says, these are the kings of the country which Joshua and the children of Israel conquered on this side of the Jordan. On the west, from Balgad in the valley of Lebanon... Uh, as far as Mount Halak and the accent to Mount Seir, which Joshua gave to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their divisions in the mountain country, in the lowlands, in the Jordan plain, in the slopes, in the wilderness, in the south, the Hittites, the Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Parasites, Hivites, Jebusites, and all the other parasites in the place there. Uh, then he started counting them. Look at verse 9. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of something, one. And do you know that this thing continued up till verse um, uh, 24? It says, the king of Tezah, one. All the kings, 31 kings. So this is a list of all the 31 kings that Joshua fought and conquered them in sequential fashion. Taking territories. Listen, if God is going to use you greatly, you cannot continue the sequential life. If you are going to go from addition to multiplication, sequential is not the answer. Watch. Joshua was conquering these territories one after another, one after another. And then we are told that he conquered all the land, he conquered the whole land, all their kings, and he, he gave it to the children of Israel. In the mountains, thank you, in the valley, in the plain, in the spring, in the wilderness, in the south. And you assume that because of this description, the job has been accomplished. And then look at something that I want to draw your attention to. Taking territories. It is the danger of a false rest from war. So when we are now told that Joshua conquered all these places, in chapter 11, verse 23, the Bible says, Then the land rested from war. The land rested from war. So there was no more war going on. You know now, because Joshua has conquered all of these people, 
is uh, uh, the, the land rested from war. But this was a false rest from war. For you to understand what I'm saying, look at chapter 13 now. Please look at chapter 13. Taking territories, the Joshua strategies. If God is going to use us greatly, we have to pay attention to the divine strategies that will enable us to make exponential impact in our generation. We must pay attention. Now look at chapter 13. Now, Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years. And there remains very much land to be possessed. What? This is after 31 kings. This is after all the different places that the Bible told us that Joshua has conquered. Now God comes to him. The man is old. And then God says to him, you are old. You see, when the eternal God is telling a mortal man that you are old, that's a major matter. God never said this to Moses. God said to Joshua, you are old. You are advanced in years. Yet, there remains a lot of land to be possessed. Now, for clarity, God began to list the thing. He said, this is the land that yet remains. All the territory of the Philistines. What? All the territory of the Philistines. All of the Geshurites. From Sihor, which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron, northward, which is still counted to the Canaanites. The five lords of the Philistines. The five lords of the Philistines. The Gazites, the Ashdodites, the Ashkelonites, the Gittites, Ekronites, also the Avites. From the south, all the land of the Canaanites. Uh, and Miara that belongs to the Sidonians, as far as Afek, to the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gebalites, and all of Lebanon, towards the sunrise, from Balgad, below Mount Hermon, as far as the entrance to Hamat, all the inhabitants of the mountains, from Lebanon, as far as the Brook Misreport, and all the Sidonians, them will I drive out from before the children of Israel, only divided by Lord to Israel as an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now, servants of God, I want you to see the shocker that is going on here. This is Joshua. After conquering all of these 31 kings, after all of this, after all of these, you know, great things that, um, uh, that um, uh, are taking place, after all the victories and after the rest from war, God came to Joshua and he says, you are old now. Let me read you how some versions put it. The Amplified Bible said, now Joshua was old and gone far in years, over 100. The Amplified Bible says that Joshua was over 100. And then the Lord said to him, you have grown old and you have gone far in years. And very much of the land still remains to be possessed. The other version says, Joshua was old near the end of his life. And then God came and told him that. He said, you are old, oh, and now you are near the end of your life, oh, and there is a lot of land left to be conquered. What? The man is old. He's near the end of his life with an unfinished assignment. Please listen to how the complete Jewish Bible puts it. 
He says, you are old. And the years have taken their toll. The, the years have taken their toll on you, Josh. Eh? The years have taken their toll on you. And there remains very much land to be possessed. Do you know, brothers and sisters, this is a very dangerous situation where, the, where a man is near the end of his life and he has unfinished tasks. Can you imagine? The man is old. Over a hundred. And he has... Look at all the... God said, all the land of the Philistines, all of Canaanites, all the five lords of the, Philist of the Philistines, the Gezites, the Ashdodites, the Ashkolanites, from this place to this place, all of the land that is still controlled by the Sidonians. This is the promised land. So what were they celebrating when they were counting 31 kings? If you are going to take territories for God... Those are your 31 kings that you have conquered. You must put them behind you. Pranitetri, so I'm talking to you. There remains very much land to be possessed. Look at a world of 7.8, 7.9 billion people. And you are celebrating 1,000 members in your church. Who is God going to use to reach all the others? Praise the Lord for what God has done. I'm not telling us not to praise God and celebrate what God has done. But if you don't see that there are yet unconquered territories, then you will not have a burden and a passion to engage these territories and to take them for the kingdom of God. So basically, there are consequences of aging. So now Joshua is near the end of his life. His days are numbered. So there is a reduction of the time available to this man of God. Huh? It's, it's, eternity is drawing closer. He's past his prime. You know, when you are getting older, you are not as strong as you used to be. I have been watching my life and I realize that Ferdinand, you look, you still look boyish. When people see you, they say, oh, Ferdinand, you know, you look so young. Praise the Lord. But the fact is that you are not, I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm getting older. And there remains very much land to be possessed. And so the question then, as we are getting older as leaders, is that there is a need for personal assessment. You need to check your focus. What is your vision and commission? You need to check your scope. What's the boundary of your assignment? And how much of it have you done? Huh? You need to check your mileage. How far have you gone in fulfilling the call of God and the purpose of God for your life? You need to have a reality check. How old are you? You need to ask yourself, where is my Joshua's? Where, where are the new Joshua's and Caleb's? Where is the new generation that I'm raising that are going to you know, press on to take territories that I was not able to take? Huh? You, need to, you need to ask about priorities. What are the key things I must now focus upon for strategic engagement? I don't have as much time as I used to have. I can no longer beat about the bush. What is the task that remains unfinished? So you can see that there is a whole lot of unconquered territories. And the man that is supposed to take these territories is now getting older. Huh? So by the time we gain clarity and we see what yet remains to be done vis-a-vis -vis what we have done, a sense of gratitude will be there for what God has done. But apart from that, a sense of responsibility. Excuse me. 
a sense of responsibility will come to us. We'll, because we'll be asking ourselves, so what about the rest of the territory that God has assigned to us to conquer? And then a sense of urgency will also descend upon us because time is short and when we compare what has been accomplished with what is pending, we realize that there is a lot of unfinished task, which now brings me to the core of this uh, month's edition of Living Truth, being the fact that business as usual will never, I said business as usual, will not accomplish the objective. Hallelujah. Can you hear me now? Hello. Okay, praise God. Thank you. So, the point I'm making is that business as usual will not accomplish the divine objective. Something needs to happen. There needs to be a change of strategy. If we are going to, you know, see the territories that God has ordained come in, into his kingdom. So it compels a different strategy. And I want you to pay attention now, servants of God, leaders, uh, you know, for the sake of God's global purpose. Please, let me share this. And by the time we are done, we are going to spend time to pray about this. And I will like your input because this is more than a sermon. It's a burden. God is raising you to take territories. And doing what we used to do will not work. Huh? So, a different strategy now means that it is the same vision. It is the same vision, but there's a different strategy. The vision of possessing the promised land will not change. I said the vision of possessing the promised land will not change, but the strategy will have to change. God was still going to bring about his promise of giving the land to Israel, but how? How was he going to do it? Huh? Was going to change. And then this now brings me to the fact of the divine strategy. To the fact of the divine strategy that God was. Hallelujah. I said this now brings me. This now brings me to the fact of the divine strategy that God was proposing. To the children of Israel. Now, let's go back to chapter 13. Okay, great. Thank you. Let's go back to chapter 13. I want to um, draw you. We thank God the networks are going to serve us well because this is critical. Please go back to chapter 13 and now look at verse 6. After God had listed to Joshua all the different areas that yet remained unconquered, God now says to Joshua, Verse 6, all the land, all the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as the brook and all the Sidonians, I will drive them out from before the children of Israel. Now, everybody, please look at the next words that God said. What did God say? God says, only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance as I've commanded you. Now, look at verse 7. Now, therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine and half tribes divide this land now question question which land is joshua going to divide 
attention. This is very important. This is very important. Hallelujah. Um, uh, can somebody indicate that you are hearing me clearly? Uh, Brother Femi, um, or somebody else, just type on the chat. Let me know that you can hear me well. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Uh, great, great. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, sirs. Thank you. Okay. Now, for you to see that this is unconquered territory, see what see the point. God is now saying to Joshua, divide this land. Divide which land? Divide this territory that remains unconquered. Divide it. Please, if you look at that chapter 13 from verse 1, God said to Joshua, You are old. You are old. You are advanced in years. Age has taken its toll. There remains very much land to be possessed. Then God began to list the unconquered territories that have not been conquered. All the territory of the Philistines. Um, uh, this place and that place. God mentioned all of those places. And then God says to Joshua in verse 6, divide it. Divide what? Divide unconquered territories to Israel, to every tribe. So what Joshua is supposed to do is, Joshua is supposed to call the tribe of Judah. I say, uh, you people of the tribe of Judah, oh yeah, this is your territory here. They say, ah, excuse me, Joshua, there are giants in this place. The place has not been conquered. All of us, let's go and fight there. Joshua said, impossible. The days when all of us used to go and fight in one place are over. Every tribe is now going to face their own inheritance to conquer it. So, God was telling Joshua, divide unconquered territory to the tribes. But Ferdinand, can you prove what you are saying? My proof is in Caleb's story. Do you remember Caleb? It was in chapter 14 that Caleb came to Joshua. After God spoke to Joshua in chapter 13, Oh, brothers and sisters, servants of God, this is, a, this is a burden. You will take territories for God, but the strategies will be different. I said you are going to take territories. Prepare. You will be hearing my voice ringing in your heart. You will be hearing the voice of God speaking through me, ringing in your spirit. You will take territories for God. These words were born in your spirit. They will born. You will find that you will not be able to get away from these words that I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus. They will kindle in your bones. You will take territories for God. You may not look like that, but it will happen in your life through you. God is going to use you. Leave Moses alone. Moses has finished his assignment. He's gone. Don't impose the method you, you don't have pillar of cloud, praise the Lord. No pillar of fire, praise the Lord. You don't know how to spend 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain like Moses, praise the Lord. You don't have a rod like Moses had, praise the Lord. But you will take territories for God. God said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The manifestations will be different, but it will be the same God. Walking in you, walking through you, using you in ways that you never imagined possible. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. So Caleb, after God now told Joshua, divide this inheritance. So God, Caleb now comes to Joshua and said, you remember what God said to us when we went to spy out the land? You know, all of those people discourage everybody and blah, 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 blah. 
And then in chapter 14, I'm sure you know the story. Caleb says to Joshua, give me this mountain. Huh? Give me this mountain. This is in chapter 14. He said, give me this mountain. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out. So the giants and the Anakims were in the territory that Caleb was asking for. So Caleb says to Joshua, give me this mountain. Caleb said, Joshua said, we have not conquered it. Caleb said, don't worry about that. Just show me my territory. Divide it. Help me to see the path that God has allocated to me. God will go with me. So the Bible says, Caleb, uh, Joshua blessed Caleb and said, you can go. Now watch, everybody, please watch now. This is important. As soon as Caleb was released, uh, Caleb went without Joshua. Tonito, church, listen. Caleb went now to fight without Joshua. Do you know that Joshua was not present when, when Caleb conquered Hebron? Kiriat Sephar, Kiriat Arba. These were the land of the giants. Joshua was not there. The assumption that we have in the church that until Joshua is present, eh? until Joshua is present, nothing is going to work. This is what is keeping the church down. And you have this big Joshua who makes everybody to wait for him. You don't go anywhere. You don't do anything until, until Joshua tells you to move. Meanwhile, you have a Caleb that can conquer giants waiting for Joshua to release him into his inheritance. Divide it. God said to Joshua, stop getting everybody to be following you from one spot to one spot. Your sequential strategy has expired. The days when everybody followed Joshua, we, we come to this place, all of us will fight, praise the Lord for Joshua, we conquer this place, then we move somewhere else. God said to Joshua, those days are past. As I was with Moses, that's how I am with you, but that is how I will be with Caleb, and that is how I will be with other people. Do you know, brothers and sisters, that Caleb, the new strategy, brought about the release of Caleb. Caleb could now face Hebron without Joshua. And then watch the story. When you have time, read chapter 15, Joshua 14 and 15. Caleb now says, anybody who conquers this part of the territory called Kiryat Sephar, I'm going to give him my wife, my daughter, Aksa, to be his wife. And the Bible says, Othniel, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's brother, Othniel went and conquered Kiryat Sephar with his men. They went to fight and conquered Kiryat Sephar. And Caleb gave him Aksa, his daughter, to wife. Now watch this. The new strategy released Caleb to take possession of his inheritance. But it did not only release Caleb, it released Othniel. Othniel means lion of God. So please, everybody watch what is going on. So for all of these years that Joshua was doing sequential ministry, everybody has to wait for Joshua. Everybody has to follow the leader. You know, they say, follow your leader. One, two, follow your leader. The church of Jesus Christ will never fulfill the great commission by following one big man of God and then all of us line up behind him. Can you imagine a Caleb lining up behind Joshua? Can you imagine a lion of God called Othniel lining up behind Caleb, behind Joshua? 
And then can you imagine other mighty warriors that fought with Othniel? They are lining up behind. So you have Joshua, then you have Caleb, then you have Othniel, then you have those mighty warriors. They are all waiting for Joshua. What did God say to Joshua? Divide the land. By dividing unconquered territory, Caleb will face this side. Othniel will face this side. Then the people behind Othniel will face this side. Do you know that from this moment forward, servants of God, Joshua never fought another battle? I said, do you know from this moment forward, Joshua never fought another battle? You never, by the way, he's old. You remember in chapter 13, God said you are old. You don't carry an old man to the war front. Even David, when David became old, you remember, one time David followed them to the war front and the Philistines almost killed him. And then the people said, Oga, you are going to stay in the palace. You are not following us again to the war front before you quench the lamp of Israel. That's what they told him. And so David had to stay at home. The, the others will go and fight. Do you see servants of God in Josh, Judges chapter 1, which happened actually immediately after the book of J Joshua. In Judges chapter 1, we are told about how the tribe of Judah and the other tribes possessed their own territory. Because what did Joshua do? Joshua, in line with this instruction that God had given him, Joshua now called the children of Israel and Joshua said to them, Oya, oh yeah, this is your portion. Uh, people of, um, when you read Joshua chapter, chapter 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, do you know that almost for the rest of Joshua's life, the major ministry that Joshua did was to divide the land, was to assign each person to their God-given portion. Boy, I believe with all of my heart that the key, mini the key ministry of Correct and current leaders. Watch the words I'm using. Correct and current leaders. As leaders, we must not just be correct. We must also be current with divine agenda. I said as leaders, we must not only be correct, living a correct life, believing correctly, pleasing the Lord, doing the right things, but we must also be current, current, current. Current means that you hear what God is saying. You are listening to present divine strategy. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Not just what the Spirit said. You see, what the Spirit said is correct. But what the Spirit is saying is current. As correct and current leaders... Our primary assignment should not be to conquer and then divide. You see, what Joshua was doing, remember Moses, do you remember, servants of God, that Moses had conquered some kings on the other side? Uh, Og, the king of Bishan, Sihon, king of the Amorites. Moses conquered them on the east side of the Jordan. And then Moses divided their territories. You remember the story? Uh, to the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and then the half-tribe of Manasseh. And now Joshua is continuing the conquer and divide model. So what do I mean by the conquer and divide model? The conquer and divide model is the sequential strategy. So you have one big Moses or one big Joshua. Then he conquers territory. When he finishes conquering, he says, hey, Reuben, this is your portion now. Enjoy. Eh? You are blessed. God has settled you. Oh yeah? Then, oh yeah, let's go. 
Then he goes conquer somewhere else. And then he says, uh, uh, tribe of God, this is your place. Enjoy. Conquer somewhere. I say, Manasseh, half of you. Okay, the other half, just be patient. When we conquer more land, we are going to give to you. That's what Moses did. And I believe that this is Tosis, but Ferdinand. I think that when God told Joshua to cause the people to inherit the land, to divide the land, Joshua must have thought that God was talking about dividing conquered territory. Do you know that much of the ministry we are doing in the church today is divide and conquer? Or rather, conquer, conquer and then divide. That's it. In other words, the big man of God, he collects the victory and then he distributes it to the people. The big man of God, he conquers the territory and then he says, okay, brethren, enjoy what Christ has done for you. But that's not the Bible pattern. That's not the key for multiplication. If we are going to see territories collected, we must divide unconquered territory. We must help each tribe. We must help each believer. We must help each professional to determine where is your arena for conquest. All the doctors in your church, health workers, the politicians, business people, every believer, you help them to identify their potential, help them to identify their place, and then equip them and release them to go and fight the battle to conquer. Because many of those your church members, you have Caleb's inside your church. I Tony Catholic Sopra, I mean, do you hear what I'm saying? Many of our churches are filled with Caleb's that are waiting for Joshua. And don't forget that Caleb himself is also getting older. So Caleb said to Joshua, look, I am 85 years old now. How old was Joshua, was Caleb when he went to spy out the land? 40 years. That's how old Caleb was. And then they wandered through the wilderness and then when they eventually crossed, they were now conquering kings one by one, one by one, one by one. And Caleb was faithfully following behind Joshua. Until chapter 13, God spoke to Joshua. And then chapter 14, Caleb comes and says, Sir, I have followed all of this while. You don't know why some of our churches divide. A major reason many churches divide is because Caleb has been waiting for you, Joshua, for too long. And you kept him at the back. Told him to shut up and support your ministry. Instead of releasing him to fulfill the vision that God has given to him. And then you think that faithfulness to Joshua means nobody should do anything else except what Joshua is doing. Nobody should lift a finger. But you have Caleb waiting behind Joshua. A man that can take giants, take territories. And then you, you have Othniel waiting at the back. A lion of God. A young man in whom is the spirit that can conquer territories. But somebody says, shut up and sit down at the back there. No, 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 no. I'm not teaching rebellion. I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about releasing the entire church so that simultaneously we engage the harvest. Do you know that after Joshua divided this unconquered territory, now battle began to rage. I said battles began to rage. The children of Judah, we are fighting the Canaanites on this side. The people of God, or rather the people of Reuben, we are fighting on that side. The people of Simeon, we are fighting here. The, the tribe of uh, Zebulon, we are fighting on that side. The tribe of, the same God that was with them when they were fighting on one front was with them when they were fighting on multiple fronts. Come on, church of Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying to you now? The same power, the same enablement, 
The same God was giving victory to Judah on this side, giving victory to Reuben on this side, giving victory to uh, uh, um, um, uh, what's his name, Zebulon and Naphtali and uh, Asia and Dan on these different sides. So what happened? I want you now to compare the old strategy with the new strategy. So with the old strategy where it was everybody was following Joshua, conquest was sequential, one after the other. But with the new strategy now, it's simultaneous. The tribes are fighting on all sides. Caleb is taking this territory. Othniel is taking this part. You see, what I'm sharing with you is that there must be a simultaneous, the whole church must come after the harvest from every platform. When we used to preach from only church has passed, we must convert hospitals to pulpits. We must convert the banking hall to a place for making disciples. Universities must become a place for revival. Who is going to take it? It will be the Othniels. The Othniel that is a lecturer in that university. I'm talking to somebody listening to me now. You will take territories. You will take territories for God. You are anointed for that territory where you are located. In the name of Jesus. On those campuses, we have Othniels. We have people that God can use. But we have not showed them their unconquered territory. And say, Brother Fola, collect this university for Jesus. Agada, where are you? Collect this university. Collect the campuses for Christ. This is your territory. Receive an anointing. You are going to receive an impartation today to face your territory. Your, the days when you used to wait for Joshua has ended. Panitli Sito, did you hear what I said? I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus. There is an awakening taking place in your spirit. All of you that are waiting for your Joshua, Joshua is old. You didn't hear the book? Some people are not even just waiting for Joshua. They are waiting for Moses. And they say, Moses, my servant is dead. That chapter is closed. You are going to face the territory that heaven has allocated to you. Some of you, God is going to use you in the harvest, in the majority religion, the other religion. That's your unconquered territory. You are going to face it. Some of you, you are going to face the media. Toy, you are going to face the online ministry. That is your uncle. And I tell you, there are giants in that place. Some of you, you want all the giants to disappear before you can do something. No, you are called to face the giants and collect the territory for the kingdom of God. Some of you are going to engage that business segment in the name of Jesus. And from that business platform, you are going to shine the light. You will generate billions of dollars for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be the light, preaching the gospel to millionaires and billionaires. And you are not inferior to them. And you are better than them. Hallelujah. <laughs> you are better than them. They know it. Professionally, in excellence, in life. You are a light that is shining. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is the new strategy. It's not sequential, it's simultaneous. It's a simultaneous. Look, brothers and sisters, do you know why we are doing this thing from our church corner? The harvest is multiplying. The harvest is when are we going to finish this great commission by doing it the way we are doing it now? Something we have to change. Now, in the old strategy, it is Joshua leading. But in the new strategy, there are many capable leaders. There is leadership multiplication. 
The Caleb's are being released. Othniel is being released. You are, you are multiplying leaders. Instead of having this big, monolithic, you know, big man of God that all of us are waiting for him until he blesses you, you cannot be blessed. You see, all of these things I'm hearing in the church, I'm wondering where they are getting it from. You say, my friend, are you teaching rebellion? How can I teach rebellion? Why should somebody minimize the brethren to maximize himself? Do we call that leadership? Do we call it leadership where you are the only person who is anointed? The rest of the people are not anointed. Do we call it leadership? Are you the only one that Jesus died for? Are you the only person that has the Holy Spirit? What makes you better than the brethren? How did you become what you became? If not that God used other people to help you. Listen, God is multiplying. If the church is going to fulfill the global, the great commission, there must be a simultaneous engagement with the harvest. Every believer must be mobilized to take their place. And then we help people to determine their territories for conquest. Unconquered territory. The time of spoon-feeding the people of God, you conquer the territory, then you divide it. You collect the miracle, then you give it to them. Those times have passed. It's time to point the brethren to the source. It's time to help brethren to enter into their God-appointed destinies. In the old strategy, you have a single front of battle. In the new strategy, you have multiple fronts. Multiple fronts. Ministry is not just taking place from church. It's taking place, it's taking place from, from, from the different platforms. It's happening from the world of business. We are making disciples. You are making disciples from the university. You are making disciples from the corner of education, the media, entertainment. You are using the art to engage people with the gospel. Uh, we are making disciples in the sports arena. In government, in commerce, in business, and then out in the mission field, we are engaging the harvest simultaneously, each believer being equipped to function from their own place. These are the strategies, the Joshua strategies that will help us to take territories. In the old, um, uh, in the old strategy, you had selected warriors, but in the new strategy, everyone is a warrior. Brothers and sisters, can I say something to you? Leaders and servants of God from around the world. What God desires is a church of warriors. Not a church of members. I said what God is looking for is a church of warriors, not a church of members. What we have right now is a church of members. But what God... Do you know that there are countries that where you have everybody is a soldier? I can give you an example. In Singapore, every male is a trained soldier. Every man that you see in Singapore, every Singaporean is a soldier. Why is that so? Because the country is too small for some people to be in the army and then others are doing whatever they like. In Israel, every Israelite man is a soldier. There are just few of them in the Orthodox, you know, religious schools that are exempted or those who are sick or have some other problems who are exempted. Every man, once you finish secondary school, you go for military training. Israel, literally, is a nation of warriors. Singapore is like that. North Korea is like that in many places. There are countries where everybody is a warrior. That is the church of the end times. 
I said, that's the picture of the church of the end times. A family of lions. Our elder brother is the lion of the tribe of Judah. It means that all of us, we have the DNA of our elder brother. And what that means is that what our elder brother can do, the least of us can do when we have this understanding. This is how we are going to take territory simultaneously. Hallelujah, simultaneously. I want to find a place to draw to a close so that we can have some conversation and then pray over this. The old strategy, you had national warriors. But in the new strategy, you have tribal warriors, individual warriors. Every tribe fighting their own battle, facing their own territory for conquest. One is hierarchical. The other one is flat. You see, in the old strategy, you have the hierarchical you know, thing. You have Moses, then you have Joshua, then the thing trickles down. But in the new strategy, you have a flat structure where each person is equipped to bring in the harvest. Each person is equipped to make impact and to make disciples. One is liberating, the other one is limiting. Do you know that until Joshua says, let's go, you couldn't go anywhere. You will be rebelling against Joshua. But with the new strategy, they are not waiting for Joshua. Do you know, servants of God, I was surprised that from chapter 13, 12 and 13, Joshua never fought another battle. Joshua never fought another battle. One strategy had to do with addition. The other strategy is multiplication. One is expensive. The other one is cheap. Do you know that if all of us have to wait for Joshua, it's very expensive to the whole of Israel, all the army of Israel, we follow Joshua to one village and then we fight the battle and then we count that as one. And then all of us, we move to another village. But with this one now, there was simultaneous attack. Hmm? Little armies, small groups. Oi, hallelujah. I said small groups. You are dealing with now Othniel, 20 people. A hundred soldiers, they go and take a city. And then Caleb on one side, taking a city of giants. So, if we pay attention to this strategy, we are also going to experience speed. Because one strategy is slow, the other strategy is fast. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So, what are the consequences of this new strategy? It simply means now that everybody has to face unconquered territories. Uh, it, because you know some believers think that the promises of God have already been provided and because God has given a promise you don't need to fight you don't need to fight to take it that's a massive mistake what God has given must be taken in battle so God says to Timothy he said fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life and Paul himself said I have fought a good fight I have finished the race uh, there is a fight of faith to possess the promise. So when you are facing unconquered territory, don't be discouraged by the fact that there are giants in the land. Any promised land that does not have giants is not worthy of attention. I said the bigger the giants, the bigger the promise. Hallelujah. And the power of God is resting on you to take that territory. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a promise that God has given you to bring increase, to bring multiplication. But you must be ready to fight. 
in the name of Jesus, a warrior spirit enters into you. A spirit, a spirit of battle possesses you from this moment to fight for what God has commanded. To fight for the promise of God in your life and to lay hold on what God has promised you. And then as you are doing this, remember the boundaries of your inheritance. When you read the book of Joshua, the Bible now began to describe the boundary for all their inheritance. He said, you, Judah, your territory goes like this, goes that way, goes that way. It includes this, it includes that. So don't be limited to where God has not limited you. Be asking yourself, what are the boundaries of my inheritance in Christ? Oh, our inheritance in Christ includes the forgiveness of our sins. It includes the power of the Holy Spirit, the peace of God. It includes answered prayer. It includes healing for our bodies. It includes ministry, fruitfulness, being collaborators. It includes a new anointing. Do not be satisfied until you enjoy the fullness of the inheritance that God has given to you in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, there is a release of other people apart from Joshua. So, it's not only Joshua that can take, take territories. God is mobilizing all the church to take the mountains. Now, there were new mountains that were being conquered. Now, Caleb is taking this mountain. He said, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. So, apart from the mountains that Joshua conquered, you now have the, the mountains that Caleb is taking. The mountains that Othniel is taking. You know, several leaders have categorized, you know, this, the different mountains um, of society. Um, you've had stories about the mountain of government, uh, you know, the mountain of um, uh, business, the mountain of, um, of media and entertainment, different mountains of society. Each of these are mountains. But the question is, who is going to conquer those mountains? It, we are not going to wait for Joshua. Thank you very much. Education, you know, business, economy and finance, politics. All of these are different areas of society. And God has already located believers on those mountains. But nobody has told them that this is your territory for conquest. I'm doing so tonight. I'm doing so this afternoon if you're out in the West, there in the US and Canada. This is your territory. God did not plant you where he located you for nothing. This is your territory for conquest. And the power of the Holy Spirit will rest on you as you do so in Jesus' name. Now, I want to bring out a couple of things and then I'm done. There is a passage of scripture there in chapter 15. You can read it in chapter 15 and chapter 1 of the book of Judges. Chapter 15 of Joshua. You will recall when um, Caleb said, anybody who conquers this city, Kiryat Sefer, I will give him my daughter Aksa as wife. And it was, what's his name? Othniel that did that. There is something important here I want to point out. So it's in chapter 15 of the book of of the book of, of Joshua. Chapter 15 and I'm trying to get the verse here. All right, yes. It's from verse 16. Uh, Joshua chapter 15 from verse 16. 
So Caleb said, anybody who attacks Kiriath Sefer and takes it, I will give him my daughter to wife. So Othniel did that. Now, watch this now from verse 18. Now it was so when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask for a field. And then Caleb said, what do you wish? Verse 19. So she answered, say, give me a blessing. You have given me land in the south, in the Negev, in the desert. Give me also springs of water. And scripture says now, brothers and sisters, servants of God, that Caleb gave to her the upper and the lower springs. The upper and the lower springs. You see, see the reason why I'm bringing this point here. The release of Caleb made possible the relief, release of Othniel and the release of Othniel's warriors, which made possible the release of the upper and the lower springs. You see, the land that they got, Aksa and her husband, the land that they got was a desert land. And they said, we are not complaining about the desert land, but give us the answer. Give us water. And the Bible says, Caleb gave to them the upper and the lower springs. That's a picture of revival. Huh? The former and the latter rain. Huh? The former rain coming from the latter, the former rain coming from below, and the latter rain pouring afresh. The rivers flowing from inside believers, and the rain pouring from above. You see, in this last time, we need a combination of the river flowing within the believer and the rain of the Holy Spirit pouring upon us. Now, watch this. The point I'm making is that it was. The upper and the lower springs were not released when Joshua was doing sequential warfare. The kind of revival that we are praying for will not happen with the Joshua model. That's what I'm saying. The type of the end time revival, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this end time will be an outpouring upon every believer. God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, not just the fathers, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Huh? They are going to see visions. Even on your handmaids and your maid servants, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Even the servants, not just Joshua, but Joshua's sons, Joshua's servants, Joshua's handmaid. God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. They will do great things. They will take territories. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to share the outline for this study like I've mentioned. Make sure that please, if we don't have your email, type your email into the chat. That way you are going to receive both the outline and the recording. But let me summarize what I'm sharing with you. And let me mention the example of Nehemiah in closing. Do you recall that Nehemiah had a task? But Nehemiah did not accomplish that task by sequential strategy. It was simultaneous. I say it was simultaneous. The strategy that Nehemiah used was simultaneous, not sequential. If you remember, the wall was completed in 52 days. I'm sure you remember that. Um, the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem, Nehemiah completed that in 52 days. Now, here is the point. But they were not all building the wall from one spot. I said they were not all building the wall from one spot. Remember, 
when you read Nehemiah chapter 3, we don't have time to go into that now, but the Bible says different people we are repairing the wall from different places. The high priest, the chief priest, was repairing from this side. There were the, um, the merchants that we are repairing from one side. Um, you had the perfumers, people that made perfumes, we are repairing. People that we are making perfumes, we are repairing the wall. People that we are selling, you know, uh, um, uh, selling gold and jewelers. Everybody was involved in this war. It was not only Nehemiah. You will recall that at a point they were mocking and they said, if a fox climbs on the wall, it's going to collapse. Do you remember that? It was because the wall was built in pieces, in bits. So there were gaps. There were gaps. Because somebody was repairing this side, another person was repairing that side. They attacked the wall simultaneously. It was not sequential. It was simultaneous engagement that brought that to pass. And after some time, the wall was joined together. Everybody was involved. It was not only Nehemiah going from one place to another. Nehemiah had the wisdom to mobilize all the people to get engaged in the work. This is what we must do in the church. We must mobilize every believer. We must mobilize every believer to take their place. On whichever platform they are located. Mobilize every member of your church. Teach them that they are full-time ministers. The idea that people have in their mind, you know, I am part-time, that's a lie. A part-time Christian is a full-time sinner. Jesus cannot be the full-time savior of part-time Christians. All of us are full-time for Jesus, but our territories are different. Hallelujah. Our territories for conquest, our territories for engagement, they are different. All of us leaders, all the Joshua's on this call tonight, I challenge you, servants of God, to divide the territory. Confront every member of your church, all those that you lead. Help them to discover the purpose of God for their lives and to engage that purpose. Remove this thing from their mind that they are part-time, you are the only minister, they are not ministers, you are ordained, they are not ordained. Because Jesus has ordained them. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have ordained you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So they are ordained. Bring these things to their understanding and then equip them. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, we read that the job of the fivefold ministries is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry and then release them into unconquered territories. And so tonight, by the grace of God, we have spent time to look at taking territories and I'm, i've been speaking to you in the name of jesus with the cry of the spirit you will take territories for god no matter how god has used you there remains very much land to be collected to be possessed you will take territories god is going to use you in ways that you have not imagined possible beyond this point for that to happen we must beware that as we are getting older there still remains a lot of land to be possessed. We must beware of what we call the whole territory vis-a-vis -vis God's own description of the whole. Our whole is often smaller and narrower 
than God's whole. The next thing is that we must not import the manifestations of Moses into a Joshua generation. God said to Joshua, remember, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. But like we have seen, there was no burning bush for Joshua. There was no 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain for Joshua. There was no pillar of cloud, no pillar of fire for Joshua. There was no rod. Do you know that the rod of Moses was not handed over to Joshua? So how was Joshua going to progress? The lesson there is that we should not impose the methods of old on the new thing that God is doing. We must understand that God is doing a new work and open our hearts so that we can receive new strategies. The strategy for conquering Jericho was different from the, from the strategy for conquering AI. It was different from the strategy for conquering the land of the Gibeonites. The strategy for crossing the river Jordan was different from the strategy for crossing the Red Sea. I said the strategy for crossing the Jordan was different from the strategy for crossing the Red Sea. These are very important principles if God is going to use us to take territories. And then finally, we saw that the Lord is calling us to divide unconquered territories. As a leader, your people will like you to conquer first and then divide so that they enjoy the benefit. But that is not the divine protocol. That's not the divine protocol. The divine protocol is, since all of us are partakers of the inheritance, divide the territory and release an equipped army of God's people to conquer these territories simultaneously. I said simultaneously simultaneously oh blessed be God simultaneously in the name of Jesus uh, hello brother Femi yes simultaneously and as we engage simultaneously we notice that there will be impact there will be territories taken happening from every angle from every side in the name of Jesus Christ servants of God this is the burden that the Lord placed on my heart to share with you this evening. And I want to invite you for the next couple of minutes, let's pray over this and then let's strategize and discuss this. Let's have some conversation. But right now, can we all just pray? Can you accept the divine mandate to take territories? I want you to accept that mandate. Say, Father, thank you. You have called me to take territories for the kingdom, new territories. Lord, I receive the mandate. I receive that mandate in the name of Jesus. Somebody, let's pray. Receive that mandate to take new territories. And don't forget the promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Anything that is holding you back, let them go. Any secret sin, any fear, any anxiety, any inferiority, let them go. Let them go. Pray in the name of Jesus. I want you to stir up your spirit. Oh, stir up your spirit where you are and receive this mantle. Receive this commission to take territories. There remains very much land to be possessed. There remains church of the living God. Look at the global harvest. 7.8 billion people. Huh? Oh, 
one third still completely unreached. They've not had the gospel. Billions of people lost and without the gospel. There remains very much land to be possessed. Don't be satisfied with the little that you have. We give thanks for all that God has done, our 31 kings, all the territories that we have conquered, but there remains very much land to be possessed. It's time for you to take your place in this, in this army. God is raising for his end time harvest. Otlin and Prosh, the carrier Bradley. Tonight there is a release of Caleb's. Tonight there is a release of Otniel's. Tonight there is a release of tribal leaders. Oh, the tribe of Issachar. You are taking your inheritance. The tribe of educationists. The tribe of media. The, the, our media tribes. You are going to possess unconquered territories. The tribe in government. You are going to take territories for God. In the name of Jesus. The tribe of, of priests and ministers in the church. You are going to mobilize the people of God. And release them into the global harvest. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you. Let's ask God to raise up a warrior church, a church of warriors, instead of a church of members. Come on, leaders, let's pray. And I challenge you to raise warriors instead of church members. Begin to prepare your people as warriors, not as church members that are dependent on you, dependent on you for anointing, dependent on you for answered prayer, and dependent on you for all kinds of things. But people that can take territories. Let's pray, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, raise up a church of warriors. Raise up a church, Father, where the least member can collect a mountain for God. In the power of the Holy Spirit and by the grace that you provide. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, blessed Father. Thank you, blessed Father. Now, can you receive the upper and the lower springs? I want you to pray for yourself. Pray for a fresh outpouring upon yourself, upon your ministry, upon what God has called you to do. Ask for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. Somebody pray, please. Somebody pray. Prunotosuku sanamiko niente paparida nitlinindritsi pondrili katotsi patara. Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be a release of a fresh anointing. In the name of Jesus, a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit upon your people. Father, upon every ministry represented tonight, let's pray for a fresh outpouring. Father, empower every servant of God in this call tonight. Let an anointing to take new territories, to move the church, to move the ministry that they lead further to new levels. Let it rest upon your servants tonight around the world in the name of Jesus. Bringing in an exponential harvest in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, blessed Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' almighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen.